Hey guys, welcome to season one of the Prayer House podcast. Our mission is to encourage and nourish everyone through the gospel of Jesus Christ. So welcome to the family, and we hope that you'll be blessed by this message. Well, I want to thank you guys for having me. You know, just, you know, I want to even just say, you know, like right now, um, you know, mental health, as we all know, is a stigma. And, you know, I myself, you know, had like this, what mental health was when growing up and um, just a little background. Uh, I actually grew up in a Pentecostal home, um, you know, like where, you know, I was close to God. I mean, I was probably not like, you know, I was a pastor's kid, but not a typical pastor, pastor's kid. Like I grew up like just wanting to serve God and um, do whatever his will and plan was for my life. And, you know, as time went by, you know, for some reason, like in, when I went for my undergrad, you know, I wanted to be like every other Malayali and get into the medical field, but it just wasn't for me. And I just started praying and I kept feeling like God wanted me to go down to the path of psychology. I took an undergrad psychology class absolutely hated it so I could not figure out why God would want me in that field um, but long story short years later here I am but um, you know I it took a lot for me to get where I'm at and to believe in just the beliefs and different things of what I went through in life just made me into who I am and the way I believe uh, and how strongly I believe about mental health um, like I said I grew up in a Pentecostal home I grew up in a very great community. I live in Oklahoma. Yes, we have cars and normal houses and all that stuff. Like it's not a farm everywhere, but we grew up in a small community of everyone who just was very close with each other. And um, I just had a relationship with God from a young age itself. And then, you know, wanted to be in ministry. And um, at the age of 20, I got married. Um, and decided, you know what, like, you know, I'm going to give my life for full-time ministry. And this is what God had called me to do. And I was still doing my undergrad um, in psychology when, you know, I got married. And I'll get into my story later, but long story short, um, I think for Thursday's session, I want to talk, get more in-depth with my story. But I actually became a widow at the age of 22. And during that time, I realized, you know, I was just still in my undergrad and I realized what it meant to actually struggle mentally. You know, all my life, yeah, you go through that normal things of like, you know, drama as teenagers or whatever, like, which I always stayed away from. And it was just more of like, nothing hit me to the core, nothing mentally like really pulled me down till I myself had to go through struggles. And when I became widowed at 22, you know, I got to a place in my life where I was struggling so bad that I was struggling with, you know, just not like being able to get out of this dark place that I was in. And let me tell you something, guys. First off, I just want to give you guys all props. Like, I mean, I know 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock, I'm way older than you guys, obviously, because I'm in bed by that time. Um, but, you know, getting together every night and just having that community and just having a group of people that just support each other and just, you know, can pray for each other and that can be there for each other. And I had that. I had that growing up. And so when I became widowed at 22, let me tell you, my 
I had no lack of friends. I had no lack of family. I mean, I have a huge group of cousins and, you know, they would come down and they would come see me. But I was in this dark place in my life. And, you know, growing up, I would always hear people say stuff like, you know, I feel like I'm going through depression or I'm going through sadness or I'm going through this or that in my life. And I would just say, oh, pray it off, you know, shake it off or get, get past it. And we gave this spiritual lingo all the time. But whenever I was going through that struggle myself at that time, I realized, yes, God is real. Yes, God is there. But right now I'm in a dark place and a place where I couldn't get out of. You know, I, I felt like everything in my life shattered. I felt like I was in this dark place that I couldn't get out of. And I could not see that light at the end of the tunnel. No matter how far I looked, no matter how many people I looked through, there was nothing that can take me out of that place. Brothers and sisters, for the first time, I experienced what it meant to feel depressed. And obviously, you know, people will say, well, you know what, Jamie, you had a reason to be depressed. So some other people don't. And it's not the truth. You know, so many people go through things that, you know, maybe trauma in some way or another. You know, no one can, you know, measure the extent of a trauma any individual goes through because it's the way it's, it's taken inside of a person. You know, I lost... Uh, an uncle to suicide when I was a sophomore. I lost a cousin to attempted suicide when I was a, um, a freshman in college. And then I lost my husband at the age of 22. And so during all this time, I would always try to figure out how can something be so hard that you would want to take your own life? How can something be so bad? Why didn't they pray? Why didn't they turn to God? Why was God not the first solution? So let me tell you, when I was going through that dark place, I was crying out to God. I was praying. And I will tell you, my relationship with God went to another level, a newer level. But one thing I realized is that mental health and struggle and mental health is so real. And our society and our community and just even in the Christianity world, they have gotten to a point that we've just minimized the fact that people struggle mentally. You know, I got in the mental health field after my first husband passed away. And I went back to school for my master's after I realized that this internal battle that people have on the inside of them is real. Yes, sometimes it's spiritual, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's a health issue. Sometimes it's a chemical imbalance. Sometimes it's just trauma that you've gone through, but it's so real. And our society and the world we live in has created such a stigma in mental health to the point where they've gotten, you know what, we need to just get past it. We just need to pray through it. And we just need to go through, go forward. You know, in the past few years, we started seeing all these pastors that started taking their own life. And then you hear their spouses that are still alive saying that they were struggling with mental health all along. But what happened? People did not feel safe to come forward and ask for the help that they needed. So what is depression? How do you know you're in depression? You know, for me, at the age of 22, I just laid in my room. I isolated myself from the people that I once loved being around. You know, I've isolated myself from being around things that I loved being around, the people I loved being around, and even to the point where taste and different foods became something that I was no longer interested in.
And I got to this place where it, it, it was easier for me to be alone. It was easier for me not to face people and have conversation than to face someone and let them see what I was going through. And when I got around people, I put up this front. I put up this smile on my face and I tried to act like everything was okay. And let me tell you, during that time, yes, my relationship with God grew, but the hurt and that pain and that place I was in was very hard to get out of. And fortunately, I was in a home where we were in a Christian home where there was people around whether I wanted them to be around or not. There's people who would not leave me alone whether I wanted to be left alone or not. And when I started reading the word of God, one thing that I kept saying was, but wait on him draw close to him and let me tell you brothers and sisters yes i believe in a god that can take you out of the situation you're in and i remember one day just reading that verse they that wait upon the lord shall renew their strength i felt weak i started losing weight i became like one fourth the size that i ever once was and i just could not get myself to see that light at the end of the tunnel and I will tell you, honestly, as transparent as I can be today, I had contemplated on taking my own life. I had contemplated on not living in this world. My nights just seemed so long because I couldn't sleep. My days just felt so long because of that depression and that sadness that I was going through. And I just felt like every morning that I woke up, it was more of a struggle. It was torture for me. And then once I finally realized that word, where it says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Let me tell you, if you hear that verse and you hear it over and over again, and so many times you're like, yeah, but you know what? I'm trying to build that strength inside of me. You have to understand that story of the eagle. You know, my dad at that time, whenever he would see me in this depression, he'd randomly come and try to have conversations with me and finally I said dad I'm trying I'm waiting I'm waiting in his presence but nothing's happening and I remember when he finally explained that story to me he said you have to know the story of an eagle to actually understand this passage so the story of an eagle is we all know a lot of people when you say What's your favorite bird? People always say the eagle. Why? Because it's a strong bird. It's a bird that, you know, can soar. It can, it's a bird that can go higher than any other bird. But during the midlife of an eagle, an eagle starts to lose its feathers. And when this eagle starts to lose its feathers, it goes into this cave. And this eagle that once soared and got its food nice and warm and got, went and picked its food gets to a place where they cannot fly anymore. It gets to a place where it can, it's not as strong as it was before. And that eagle, when it loses all its feathers, it can no longer fly like it once did. And so that's the place I felt I was in when I was going through depression. I felt like I was an eagle that couldn't fly. I lost all my feathers and there was no hope or no sign of those feathers growing back. And so I remember my dad saying, you know what that eagle does when it's in that cave? It starts eating what's around it. And you know, you can't tell right now, but back then I was so skinny and I was like, yeah, dad, very funny. I knew people were trying to get me to eat. And those of you in the medical field know what insure drinks are like that. I was forced to drink that all the time um, because I was drastically losing weight. And I remember uh, saying, oh yeah, that's funny, dad. Yeah, I'll, I'll eat. And he goes, no, I'm not talking. 
about the food of this world, but I'm talking about the word of God. He said, when that eagle's around, it starts eating what's around it. It doesn't starve itself. It starts eating the little things around it. But what happens to that eagle? Eventually, that feather starts growing back. And eventually, that eagle starts getting its full feathers back. And let me tell you something, it gets to that place where it is able to fly again. But that eagle is no longer the same because that eagle knows what it's like to be in that struggle. But when that eagle flies now, it flies with all of its strength and it flies higher than it's flown before. It soars lower than it's uh, soared before. And that is how when that eagle gets its strength back, when that period of waiting, what is it that we do? Yes, I've given you the spiritual side of what you need to do when you're in that place of depression. When you're in that place of depression, you hold on to the word. You hold on to God and you hold on to who he is. But there is another side. You know, I'm, I'm so proud of this team for acknowledging mental health because mental health is always just hidden, especially in our community. But mental health is so real that when I got into this field and I finally got my master's and passed my board, I was still in that mindset thinking, you know what, we can just pray everything off. And I believe I serve a God that where I can use my faith and pray for someone, but I also serve a God that has provided the people, the professionals around you to get you the help that you need. You know, whenever someone has issues with their heart, they go see a cardiologist. When someone has issues with their lungs, they go see a doctor to help with their lungs or their feet or whatever, whatever it may be. But for some reason, when someone struggles with the mind, people struggle to go get help. I have seen so many people in my field, so many people in the Christian community that struggle, they struggle in secret because they're embarrassed to say what they're going through. And they're embarrassed to really tell people what's going on in their life and they suffer alone. And let me tell you something, it is okay to be struggling. There's nothing that people don't go make fun of you when you have cholesterol and you have to take medication or when your blood pressure is high and you have to take medication. But sometimes people just shun the people that go through mental illness in their life or go through mental struggles in their life. And so when I became a therapist, I initially started off by saying, you know what, let me just pray everything off and let everyone get where they needed to be. But I started to understand the fullness of this whole sickness. Sometimes people struggle mentally because of chemical imbalances or some trauma that's come and there's trigger that come in their life or just being burnt out. And so many of these pastors that were going through struggles in their churches that took their own life, they were struggling with their mental health. They were going to their mentors. They were going to get help. And people always made it seem like it's just some kind of spiritual warfare and move forward. And they got to a place in their life that they thought they could no longer move forward and ended up taking their own life. Brothers and sisters, it is real and it's a real struggle that people go through in their life. It is a real struggle that people continue to deal with on a daily basis. You know, during this COVID time, I've seen so many more people struggle with mental illness, with anxiety, with depression, the isolation away from friends, the isolation away from people that they love, the anxiety of what's going on in this world has created such an internal fight on the inside of them. And they feel like they have nowhere to turn. So what do we do? 
What do we do when we identify that you are going to depression? What do you do when you identify that someone that you love is going through depression? I'll tell you, you know, um, when you identify that you're going through depression, I'm telling you, reach out. You are not alone. That is the biggest lie of the enemy in this world, is to make every person feel like that their problem or whatever their struggle is, is something that they are going through alone. You know, so many people right now are struggling, and I hear them say over and over again, but my, my situation is unique. What I'm going through is unique. There's no one that can understand what I'm going through. But I'm telling you, I'm not saying, okay, hey, you know what, go, go to a certain individual, but there's professionals out there. There's psychiatrists, psychologists, therapists, your pastors, your leaders, just a friend to first confide in, and don't go through it alone. Because people who go through it alone and people that struggle through it alone struggle and get to a place of darkness where they can no longer get out. They get to a place of darkness where they feel like they're alone and they can no longer get out. The, uh, you know, what are some signs of depression? You know, so many times people look at depression and they think it's just someone feeling sad or someone feeling, you know, like you, you look at depression and you think it's someone just, you know, curled up in their bed with their blankets over the he their head and not getting out of bed all day. But that's not the only sign. There's many signs of uh, depression. You know, a lot of times many males, when they go through depression, they don't like people to see that, that side of them where they are uh, they are emotional or vulnerable so a lot of times in men it comes off as frustration or temper or anger outbursts and so you have to realize okay you know what why am I so angry why am I looking so frustrated you know what is my depression look like on the inside of me do research if you know someone that's going through it do research if they're out of character you know uh, approach them and talk to them and let them know they're not alone or they're not looked at differently because they're struggling how do you help someone out of depression? You know, so many times when I was in depression, you know, a lot of my cousins, they would come in from like Chicago or Dallas or different places and um, friends would come over to my house. And I still remember that they would come in and I was probably the most uncomfortable person to be around. And if I was them, like, I would be like, I don't know how to go back and I don't know what to say because it's very uncomfortable. But I remember I would lay in my bed and I would refuse to get up. But I remember people that loved me would come in and sometimes it meant just sitting there quietly. If you know that you know someone that's struggling, don't worry about how uncomfortable it is for you, but be there, be present, be available for those people to have you to speak to. I remember when people would come and just sit on the side of my bed and they would try to have conversations. And when I would start crying or I would have breakdowns, it was uncomfortable. I think back to that situation. I'm sure that situation was uncomfortable, but my family kept coming back. My friends kept coming back and they kept surrounding me. And sometimes it wasn't their prayer that I felt like I needed. It was that heartache that I was going through that I felt like, you know what, you have no idea what I'm going through. Not one of you in this room knows what I'm going through. And I would say that and I would think that over and over again, but I realized their presence made me realize that there was something that I needed to live for. There was people that wanted to still see me alive. And then 
you know, um, so many times, you know, we, as we say, like, you know, in the, like, you know, God has not, you know, given us the spirit of fear nor timidity, but love, power, and a sound mind. These verses are all true. If you look through the books of the Bible, if you look through the, the words, God's words, he's given us ways to get back and get out of these situations. So what does that mean? There were so many people, even during the Bible times, that seemed like they went through oppression. It seemed like they went through heartache. You know, we see Elijah crying out to God. We see David crying out to God. We see Samson who cried out to God because they were in a stage where their mind could not take it anymore. But God did not condemn them. God did not put them down. But God has given them answers. And all throughout the words of the Bible, he said, says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through uh, 30, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. God has called you to come to him so that he can give you rest. God knows that there are people that are going through that weary time in their life, that burden time in their life, that struggle, that dark time in their life. It says in 1 Peter 5 verse 7, cast all your anxieties on him because what? He cares for you. We live in a society now where we are too busy to care for him people. We are too busy to care about what others are going through. We are, we have no time to reach out those people that to those people that are hurting. But God has given us his word to go out, cast your burdens on him because he cares. And just like that, we need to be the hands and the feet of Jesus and show his people that are struggling mentally, whether it be depression, whether it be anxiety, whether it be heartache, whether it be anger outbursts, whether it be temper, whether it be someone that hurts someone because they're hurting so bad, you show them that no matter what has happened, no matter the struggle that they are going through, that you care for them because at this point, you are being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. You know, in Psalms 40, verse 2, it says, He lifted me out of the slimy pit. You know, when you think of the time of depression or that mental bogging down, it's a slimy pit. God has said, He lifted me, Him up, and He put my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. So what is that reminder? If you are struggling through depression, if you know someone that's struggling to, through depression, let me tell you, just like every season in your life, it's not forever. It's not a forever thing that will last forever. So, you know, remind those your loved one that this too shall pass. You know, it's so much easier to say, you know, when I went through that dark two years of my life, I had to remember that this too shall pass. You know, when joy comes in our life, you know, that joy lasts for a second before another emotion comes in. When excitement comes in our life, that excitement lasts till the next emotion comes in. Just like that, when sadness and anger and frustration comes in, that too shall pass when another emotion comes in. You know, we all know what depression is. We all know what that sadness is. But the main question I always get in my field, you know, right now, um, I'm over uh, the agency. I'm the CEO of our company. And we do a therapeutic foster care. So I work with foster kids as well as outpatient where we deal with kids from the age of four all the way to 90s. You know, we have people, clients that in our agency that are like 80s, 70s. You know, I've, I've seen every age come through. And one thing I've realized is, 
you know, so many people, they want to, they come and they finally come because they've identified that they can't get out of their situation. They've identified that they are stuck in a place where they feel like they can't be pulled out of. So the question always is, but how do I get out of this? How do I get out of this place? How do I get out of this dark place I'm in? Well, let me tell you what works for me was the word of God. What worked for me was setting my feet on him and saying, you know what, God, no matter what goes on in my situation, I need you to pull me through. No matter what's going on in my situation, I needed his word to bring me that comfort in my time of heartache. I needed his word to promise me that joy will come in the morning, that my morning will turn into dancing. And you know what? I realized, you know, as it says in Psalms 23, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of Yes, I will fear no evil because what you are with me. But what else can we do? I mean, these are verses that we hear, and there's so many of you here. And it says, you know, God is my refuge and strength, a present help in trouble. But what else do we do? How do I or how do you who's going through depression get out of that situation you're in? You know, the main coping mechanism that I've noticed, you know, I, I give my foster kids, you know, sometimes they come in and they went through so much trauma in their life. You know, I have kids that I, I, I can't even begin to tell you how, what the youngest age of one of the kids that have, I've seen get raped was. And it just got to a point where God had to show me and teach me, you know what, people are really struggling, they're going through things. And I'm not saying you have to go through something extreme to be, say that you are going through a hard time, because sometimes there's just things that happen to you and you may look and say, well, mine's not bigger than their situation. Let me tell you something, every situation that brings heartache to you brings heartache to your father. Every situation that you go through and every struggle you go through in your life, remember your God, it says in James 4 verse 8, it says, draw close to me and I'll draw close to you. He's waiting for you to draw close to me. You know, he's saying, come to me, come to me and I will give you rest. And so when God sees your heartache, he wants to help you through. So how to cope, you know, um, as I had mentioned earlier, one thing I realized I had to do, you know, I, I work in a very, very, very stressful environment. And one way to like process and cope for myself, I realized was to go on a run. And sometimes, you know, like some of you mentioned, the run, it's, it, is, it is a struggle. Your body hurts afterwards and you start getting tired and you start getting weary. Well, recently during COVID time, the gyms were closed and we started having nice weather and I started to go on runs. And, um, you know, when I was at the gym, I used to be able to put my phone down and just watch something and just kind of watch it as I got my cardio in because I hated cardio. Um, but I started getting to this point where I would run outside. I'm like, okay, I can't watch anything. So I started going on runs with, you know, my husband would joke around with, oh yeah, she goes on a jog with Rick Warren. And um, the reason why was because I started to listen to him. And I started to hear because he actually talks a lot about mental health. And one day he started talking about, um, you know, just coping and getting out of things. And, you know, as Christians, so many times they're like, you know what, what do I need to do to cope with my, uh, my depression or my anxiety? And he brought up the three F's, free, feed, and focus. And so let me tell you, when you feed free and focused. It is a great 
way to cope with what you're going through. So what do you mean by feeding? You know, when you're in a place of depression, sitting in that place of depression is not going to get you better. So a lot of times in counseling, we teach you to start implementing positivity. But what else can you do as a Christian? You start feeding your mind with the word of God. You start replacing all those negative thoughts with positive thoughts. You start feeding your mind with all those lies with truths and so you start feeding your mind next is you have to free your mind free your mind from all that negativity free your mind from all the lies of the enemy free your mind free your mind from the lies that the enemy is put in your head while you were in that place of depression. Because so many times we hold on to the lies of what people have told us, what others have said about you, all the negativity that people have said about you. And the last is to focus. What do you focus on? You focus on the positive things in your life. You focus on the word of God. You focus on the promises that God has given to you. And you say, you know what, God, I believe that I am set free. Brothers and sisters, whatever situation it is that you're going through in your mind, whatever heartache that you're going through, whatever trauma that you went through in your life, you know, counseling is not something that people came up with recently, but it was in the word of God. God has showed us from the beginning of time how to get a hold of our mind. God has showed us how to free our mind. God has showed us how to stay focused on him. And our God is a God that is still real today. These words did not just appear now. The things and techniques that came in counseling didn't just appear now, but it came when the word of God came. And God has taught us in this word how to focus on him, how to be free in him, and how to just stand strong in him. No matter what situation you're going through in your life, no matter how hard your situation is, no matter what place you think you're in, as that eagle sat in that cave, and that eagle was in that dark place, it started eating what was around it so what do you need to eat you need to eat that that positivity around you you need to start eating the word of God the positive words that God has given on the inside of you and then you need to get your strength back and when you get your strength back just remember that whenever you have gone through that situation in your life God has not called you to stay the normal person that you were before but God has called you to come up from your situation and pull others out of that situation as well so whatever situation you are going through in your life whatever struggle that you are going through in your life whatever depression and dark place you've gone through in your life that time that you thought about taking your own life you have to remember that you still serve a God that lived and not only does he live he died on that cross for you not just for your sins and not for that physical healing alone but for that mental healing you know so many times we don't remember that when God died when Jesus died on that cross he looked at us and he said that mental heartache that mental anxiety that mental oppression that anybody was going through. He went through it on that cross in Calvary. On his head, he took on that pain that you're going through. When you sit there and you say, there's nobody in this world that understands what's going through in my mind. I tell you, brothers and sisters, you have a God that knew that heartache, that knew that agony, that knew that struggle that you were going to go through today, that you were going to go through tomorrow, that you had went through months ago. He knew that 
that you were going to go through that. And he said, my son, my daughter, I died for you for your sins. I died for you for your healing. And I died for you for that mental agony that you're about to come across. So let me tell you that Jesus has crushed it all on that cross. But that's not just to say, okay, because he did, that that's all I need to do. God has given us medicine. God has given us therapists. God has given us psychologists. God has given us psychiatrists. And he's given it all as a gift for people who are struggling to reach out and get that help. So brothers and sisters, whatever it is that you may be going through in your life today, I want to have a word of prayer for you. I want to pray for you today because I believe that we serve a God that can still bring you that healing. I believe that we still serve a God that is on that throne and says, my brother, my sister, my son, my daughter, I hear your heartache. I feel your pain. I feel that struggle and I want to take it off. And I pray that when I pray for you today, that God gives you the wisdom to approach the right people to get your victory, that you approach the right people to get your breakthrough, that God gives you the right people in your path to lead you and the help that you need. And I pray that God gives you a victory, not a victory that just lasts for a few days, but a victory that lasts for a lifetime. So if you can please close your eyes with me. And I pray that as you close your eyes, don't just say a simple word of prayer. But as you close your eyes, you ask in your heart, God, who is it that you're wanting me to send? You want me to be sent to? Who is it that you want me to go to to show them that I care just as you care for me? And I want you to pray. You know what, God, let me be a hand your hands and your feet and your servants to help people out of those pits that they're in. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Father, I pray for your brothers and sisters. Father, anybody at the sound of my voice that is hearing this word today, Father, whoever is going through that dark time, that struggle in their life, that struggle in their family, the struggle that they see in their friends, Father, whoever it is, Father, you send them with the right word. You send them with the just your presence, oh Lord. Sometimes we may not have words to pull that, those people out of darkness, but you send people and let their presence just be a healing to people. Father, right now I pray anyone struggling through depression or the thoughts of suicide, Father, right now you open their eyes. Father, you start speaking to them and you send them to the right doctors. You send them to the right therapists. You send them to the right people that can help them get to their deliverance. Father, I thank you, God, that you are a God that heals. I thank you, a God, that you are a God that delivers. I thank you, a God, that you are a God that takes us out of the negative situations that we're in. And you are a God that gives us hope in our life, oh Lord Jesus. Father, whoever is listening to me right now and needs that healing in their life, Father, I pray that you touch them right now wherever they're at. You touch them right now wherever they're at. Father, you touch their mind. You touch their heart. And Father, you touch their spirit, oh Lord. I thank you, Father, that they leave today, Father, never to be the same again, oh Lord. You bless them and use them mightily for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please, drop us a rating and review if you have the time. We'd really appreciate it. Till then, Keep searching and keep listening for his voice. 